Good day. Today, our episode is going to focus on earth science and the nature of science. Let's begin by explaining that geoscience or earth science is the study of our earth and its processes. It's important to understand that earth behaves as systems. And because of that, they interact and interplay with each other. One creating a domino effect or side effect in another realm or earth system. And because of that, it is important to study our earth and its processes so that we can begin to create models and use this to predict how changes on our earth will occur. So remember that earth is a system. When one single event occurs, it can have a wide range of impacts. Not all impacts are negative in nature, but by looking at earth as a system rather than an individual sphere, it allows us to study the cause and effect of changes on our earth. This generates models such as two-dimensional maps and three-dimensional interacting models that become predicting agents and help us to hypothesize the future and predict outcomes. So let's begin with the individual spheres of Earth's systems. The first, we're going to start from outside of Earth and move our way down to ground level. First sphere that we will interact with is the atmosphere. This is the air and oftentimes has an undefined end, which implies that it stops somewhere in space. However, this undefined atmosphere's end changes daily based on conditions within the atmosphere. This is going to be our protective layer from many of the elements or events that occur in space. Our second sphere of Earth is the hydrosphere. This is our water, which covers 70 to 71% of Earth. What we'll come to find out in later topics is that water is necessary for life on Earth and is predicted to be where life began. Studies of ancient seas indicate that many sources of our planet's water may be both internal as well as external. We will dive into this at a deeper point later in the year. Our third sphere on Earth is the biosphere. This defines all of life on Earth and is broadly defined as organism which can both be biological markers as well as things that we define as living organisms today. Evolution and complexity within these changes of organisms over time imply that Earth's evolution may have a very large impact on the biological evolution that we see today. Our fourth and final sphere is the geosphere. This is internally defined as lithosphere, which contains only the outermost layer of Earth. However, if we reference the mantle or the core, 
meaning the innermost layers of our earth, we must therefore define it as the geosphere. This is considered our ground and will be used later to reference topics such as plate tectonics, earthquakes, and volcanoes. A fifth and outlying sphere you may sometimes hear about is something called the cryosphere. The cryosphere is found within the hydrosphere and contains all of our ice or glaciers found around the world. Do not confuse cryo and hydrosphere. They both go together. But think of cryosphere as a smaller sphere within the hydrosphere. Moving on to scientific inquiry, we're going to start with the differing definitions between observation, inference, and prediction. Observation is what you use five senses-wise to collect information or data. An inference is using your observations or collected data to form guesses or possible hypotheses about what's going on. And finally, a prediction is using a hypothesis to be able to determine or inference what may happen in the future. So for example, an observation could be that my car has a weird sound. The key starts the car and on the outside of the car, it looks fine. However, when I start the car, I smell something burnt. All of those observations were using my five senses. An inference that I can begin to make is that my car is burning something. Where did I get the burning? Well, I smelt something that didn't make sense. A hypothesis that I can form from my inference is that if I change the oil, then the burning smell will go away and my car will start properly. Notice that this statement is an if-then statement. That is because we must be able to put a hypothesis to a test. If it cannot be applied to a test, it is not a proper hypothesis. Predictions are very different from hypotheses because we use our hypothesis to begin to estimate what may occur in the future. For example, one prediction from this example is that I won't be able to find the oil being the problem, but that the burning smell might be a burnt piston ring. Finally, in this class, we are gonna begin to shift away from what is considered normal science into something that is now considered post-normal science. So let's begin by defining the two. Normal science is science that depends on experts. And this can be scientific experts in a specific field, such as paleontology, or it can be in mathematics or other defined fields. Post-normal science is the science that relies on extended communities of peers and scientists that have diverse backgrounds and experience. By including this richer description of science 
we are bringing in those experiences and how that may actually juxtapose our ideas with each other in a science community. Lastly, let's begin to discuss about the difference between theory and law. In science, many of the ideas that are well supported over many scrutinizing tests are considered theories. But the key component is that theories combine more than one hypothesis together. For example, the theory of plate tectonics, which we'll discuss at a later point, is actually a combination of three separate, well-tested hypotheses, continental drift, seafloor spreading, and plate tectonics. All of these combined together is the theory of plate tectonics, which helps to describe how our land has transformed and moved across the surface of the earth over earth's history. A law, however, is one hypothesis that stands as a basis for an observed characteristic. This, however, does not combine multiple ideas into a universal overarching theory, but instead is one idea for one characteristic. In many situations, laws do not hold to all universal situations. So for example, the law of physics, which are Newton's laws. One states that for every action, I have an equal and opposite reaction. However, this law does not hold true in every universal situation. Thank you for joining me today. That concludes our first episode. I look forward to seeing you in episode two.